Okay, so a bit of self-indulgence for you in this episode. I was invited by a previous guest and fan of the podcast, Rupert Honeywood of Business Growth Bureau, to appear on his weekly live stream titled Look Forward Thursdays. This is my very first speaking event since the start of the pandemic. So I said yes, of course. Another opportunity to talk about my current passion, storytelling. We came up with a jazzy title, Your Brain is Wired for Stories, and how to implement this in your business. And we discussed the following five topics. Number one, how storytelling affects your brain. Two, research on the use of visuals. Three, the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve. Four, how you experience the hero's journey. And five, how to implement this in your business from tomorrow. Now, of course, we discussed some visuals that I shared, which you can't see on an audio podcast. (laughs) But if you head over to the show notes, you will be able to see them all there for downloading. Anyway, I hope you will find it useful. And of course, reach out if you have any questions at all. Enjoy. Staying Alive UK. Share your story. does help if I remember to unmute myself. So uh, anyway, uh, to speak, uh, welcome to everyone who's joining us today on today's live stream. Um, we have got the lovely uh, Michael de Groot joining us this afternoon and the even lovelier Mural Gibbons uh, joining us today as well. So um, if those who are joining us as we speak, if you could very kindly just uh, share in, your, in the chat a uh, little bit about who you are, what you're really passionate about and go from there. And also, very importantly, just let us know you can hear us and see us okay as well. So that's always uh, appreciated. So Mira, I'll let you just check the live feeds on that one as well, if that's all right. Um, so um, let's just um, kick things off uh, sort of straight away. So uh, just spare me a second while I get that uh, all ready. The other two live feeds are fine, Rupert. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you ever so much, Mira. Right. So uh, what uh, we're planning to talk away about today with uh, Michael is your brain is wired for stories and how you can implement this in your business. And um, I had the great privilege of actually uh, getting to see this content beforehand and actually preparing the slide deck. So it's going to be a great uh, session with Michael. Um, Michael, I'll unmute you as well and uh, uh, Mural as well. So you can obviously join in as appropriate. And um, uh, moving on a little bit from there, what uh, we plan to cover today is a whole range of different areas. But in particular, I just want to touch on very briefly for a second, that do join in on the chat and, you know, basically just focus on building valued uh, connections. So um, do interact with each other in the chat. And uh, a number of you are regulars here every week. Um, So it is about uh, building on that deep relationship of trust. Um, At the end of the day, uh, that's absolutely vital because we all tend to do business with people we know, like, respect and trust. And uh, as mentioned, if you've just joined us, do share what you're passionate about. Uh, no doubt uh, Michael have some ideas around that if you wanted to share that with everyone as well, uh, why you do it and how you like to make a difference. And do be bold with your questions. And uh, even if we don't get some straight away, we'll try and answer those uh, through today's uh, uh, session. Um, a bit of a quick introduction from me to start with. Uh, I founded Business Growth Bureau about seven years ago. Um, I feel very passionate in helping directors of companies to help them to grow their business and be much more successful. But even more importantly, I believe in the importance of circular relationships. A lot of people or companies, especially in large organizations, will talk about a so-called win-win. And when someone says that to you, invariably it means win-lose. It's just code for meaning the complete opposite. Uh, What I feel is really important is that you think of all the stakeholders who you work with, whether it be prospects, clients, partners, um, associates, employees, uh, suppliers as well, and of course your directors, management team and staff, how you can add uh, value there and how you can support people. And what you'll find is if you do things the right way, that will come back in uh, droves. And Mural, do you want to share briefly what you're really passionate about as well? Yes, thank you, Rupert. Um, Yes, like you, I, I do love building relationships with people. 
I like to try and be ultra helpful and be on call for them if you like. Um, I do put in a lot to, to help people, um, but that's where I get my joy. So, you know, whether it be success in business or success in life, if I can help, then that gives me that buzz. Yeah, great. Thank you very much, Meryl. That's brilliant. And um, a little bit of an introduction going from a slightly different uh, attack before we uh, get down to the meat of the presentation, which Michael's going to be uh, sharing with us today. Uh, those of you who are a bit new to us in, uh, in terms of uh, what we do, uh, we love working with people to help them to bring their sales forward, uh, amplify their brand and get their time back. And we've got uh, what we class as the optimized systems for business growth. So it's about having your strategic dashboard so you know your key numbers, um, focusing your value brand uh, proposition, what that looks like. And obviously, no doubt you'll get some great insights from Michael today. Uh, everything to around brand amplification. And that's really about being able to do the job once and be able to get uh, multiple leverage across uh, different channels, but use technology to get your message out there on a bigger scale. And also what we class the social selling blueprint, which is lead generation, prospect metric, sales optimization. So you have a continual lead flow of new opportunities coming through and helping people to enhance the client journey. So the so in effect, you can surprise and delight your customers and they become very active supports of the organization and they can also be some of your best referrers. Um, and the amplification side is very much about all these areas. So you may start off with uh, a video live stream and getting that across all the different social channels, including LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, uh, and so on. Um, what you can then do is repurpose that and then rebroadcast it a couple of weeks later you can then take take that content, do a little bit more of an edit. That goes out as a podcast. And uh, Michael's a bit of an expert on that, actually, which we'll be talking about in just a second. Um, how you can leverage uh, social platforms as well to get your message out there, repurpose the content. So from one video uh, interview or it might be a podcast, you can repurpose that content and publish it to multiple platforms as lots of posts and articles or white papers or a downloadable book. Um, how you can use technology in the way of video and also in terms of automated solutions, how you tie those platforms all together so they all talk to each other and look at your entire sales optimization process so you can close more opportunities down and what diagnostic tools can put in place to share more value. Um, anyway, I think very importantly, let's get down to the meat of this today. And um, so, Michael, really over to you. So, could you just tell us in sort of two or three minutes a little bit about your background, what you're really passionate about? And I'm also di dying to know whether you've still got that uh, uh, Volkswagen. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Rupert, and thanks for having me on your show. Um, really, really great to be here. So I'm a, I'm a Dutchman. Uh, I've been in this country for over 40 years, so I call myself Dinglish. And um, I'm, I'm passionate about small businesses and helping small businesses uh, succeed. Um, now, we do this in a slightly different way. Yours is um, a really interesting concept of all these cogs and strategic <laughs> elements. Um, we, we like to get people to really think about the medium for communicating their proposition and using storytelling to do that. And well, obviously, as we go into further, we'll, I can explain more why I think that this is absolutely right. But um, I, I enjoy doing that. I also enjoy interviewing small business owners. I'm talking about business owners with less than nine employees, uh, because that's probably the biggest amount of companies in this country. And um, I interview them so that other people can be inspired to start their own business. Because I want to hear their story. That's why the podcast is called Share Your Story, um, about their journey in life and in business and where they've got to so far. And, and it's just really, really interesting for me to hear those stories, and they inspire me too. Um, so those, in essence, are the kind of big things that I'm involved with. Apart from that, I'm passionate about kind of well-being. I do study a bit of mindfulness meditation, do a bit of yoga. 
uh, do a bit of cycling now and again. And I love, absolutely love drumming. I used to be a drummer when I was a teenager, <laughs> gave it up. But now I do Japanese taiko drumming. And I helped my teacher, actually, in when we went into lockdown last year, to go online with his, his teaching because he wasn't that good with technology. I am. So I supported him with all of the resources and videos and websites. And so that's been really an incredible journey as well over the past year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, so that's me. And that's fantastic. And uh, have you, you haven't got your um, uh, teachers who were to actually produce uh, a YouTube video, which has gone viral yet by any chance, have you? Well, no, not quite. Um, we He has got a video that's got a lot of views on it, but um, we most of the videos that we produced have been unlisted videos because they've been for a closed community where people okay. pay for, you know, for lessons and things. So we, we haven't gone public with it yet. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. tell me a bit more about your Volkswagen. Have you still got a really nice Volkswagen van? Or? No, I've never had one. I've never owned one. Oh, um, no. No. You've I, 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 the story now. That was my illusion. I can imagine. I know. I know. Well, it kind of conjures up something in my mind anyway. You know, it's that going on the road to freedom type of thing is, you know, going going to the beach, doing a bit of surfing, just being free. And it's, it's a great metaphor for life. And I just liked it. And we created that as an illustration to help the branding for uh, my company. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. You're definitely going to have to get one, though. You could probably put it down as a company expense, as a marketing <laughs> <Yes>. company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I need to sell a lot of money these days as well, aren't they? So, um... I need a few more sales in order to achieve that. <laughs> it's very expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but what we're going to uh, uh, share today, let me just run through these uh, uh, points with everyone who's joined us this afternoon. Uh, we're going to be talking about how storytelling affects your brain uh, research on the use of visuals, and uh, I'm really keen to go through these with Michael and get his thoughts. And uh, is it the Ebbinghaus forgetting uh, yes. curve? Is that how you pronounce yep. it? Yeah. Yep. Good. And your, how you experience how you experience the hero's journey, and how yep. to implement this in your business from tomorrow. So some great points that we're going to be sort of sharing here, I think, Michael. It'll be really interesting to talk through some of these. So um, if we look at the uh, storytelling part first, you've got this uh, very elaborate diagram here. Um, could you very kindly talk us through this a little bit, if that's okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, to say that we were exposed to stories when we were very, very small, and therefore our brain has been wired for stories from a very, very young age. But there are some important things that happen when we hear stories. And one of the things that happens is that we have developed ideas and experiences in our brain, and they're locked inside our neural network, inside our brain. And when we hear other ideas and other messages and stories, we connect them in our brain with our existing experiences and ideas. And that's what's called neural coupling. For us to make sense of the world, we have to start with something. And that something is already inside of our brain. So we experience a story as if it's happening to us, number one. It's a really, really important one. Well, if it's already happening, if we believe it's happening to us, and there's a lot of research out there on this, and there is some activity that takes place, and it's an emotionally charged event, then dopamine, which I'm sure everybody's heard of, releases in the brain, and it reinforces it, and it makes sure that you're going to remember it. I mean, everybody remembers if they've had, you know, a very bad experience in their life, uh, an emotionally charged event, they will remember it for the rest of their lives. And that's what happens. The dopamine is released in the brain and you remember it for longer and with greater accuracy. 
But then also there are parts in our brain that are responsible for movement um, of our limbs, of our ear, you know, hearing, our seeing. All of these things are activated in storytelling as well because we already, whenever we hear a story, we start to create images in our brain because otherwise the story just wouldn't have any value whatsoever. And once we create those images back to saying we feel like we're already experiencing it, therefore all of the parts like, you know, walking, talking, seeing, hearing, all of these parts in the brain are activated. And then the last thing is mirroring. We have empathy as human beings. And therefore, when we hear somebody speak and share an idea or a story, we also create that empathy with the speaker. So people that are listening to this talk now and hearing me speak and the tone of my voice and my facial expressions, people are starting to experience and mirror some of those things as well. The other thing is they also, and this happens a lot, if I pause um, because I'm going to say something else next or I have a sentence, people often will try and anticipate what I'm going to say next. So everybody that was listening is already anticipating what I'm going to say next because they it's natural we do this all the time when we're listening and speaking to people well that's really interesting some of the things that affect the brain so this is real science that takes place inside your brain <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's all really interesting it's, uh, it's uh, there's a question i've got for you in fact perhaps we could ask everyone who's joined us this afternoon see where anyone knows the answer to it as a, obviously you must know the answer to this but is, how many neurons do you have is it it as a matter of interest if you may want to guess guess it's the closest number in billions uh any, yeah any any thoughts or uh, it'd be interesting to see who comes up first with that answer so do do you put your answer. No, no googling. <laughs> should we allow people to cheat? I think we should allow people to cheat. <laughs> why, why not? Uh, yeah, that, that's lovely. We'll come back and look at the answers in a minute to see how everyone's got on. So, um, and and there's another part which is really interesting around all of this as well, and that's uh, what Richard Wiseman uh, shares as well. Who, first of all, who's Richard Wiseman? Well, I don't know him personally. <laughs> He's some renowned psychologist. You can definitely look him up on Google. But I tell you why I was fascinated by this research. So who are RSA Animate? RSA Animate are a um, arm of the Royal Society of Arts where they created whiteboard animations. This goes back to like 2006 or seven. Um and they were speeches by famous people, like 15, 20 minutes long, like a TED talk, let's say. Uh, but it wasn't a TED talk, it was an RSA talk. And they then animated it with images and text and drawings in time with what the speaker was saying. And they were fascinated because they got a lot of views on YouTube on these and they were going viral and they wanted to know why people were so fascinated by it. So they did some research. They take a thousand participants and they showed them a talking head video and then asked them some questions afterwards to see how much they remembered from the talking head video. And they remembered only about 70% of what was said. Then they took the same talk just provided the audio and then the animation over the top of it. And when they asked people, and it was a good, you know, proper kind of study that they did and it was, you know, very regulated, but 92% memory recall. Now, this was a 15% increase in recall, which in kind of the learning kind of industry, and I used to be in e-learning for a little bit, was a massive result. 
and they were very encouraged by it. Now, that was good news for me because I was already by that time doing animations, whiteboard animations. So I went, oh, I must tell people about this because they will want more of my work. <laughs> and um, But they also realized when they did their research, they wanted to know, well, why is this happening? You know, why are people more interested? Why is the memory? Well, when you animate something, when you're drawing something on the screen, and it's evolving and you see it happening, again, you're anticipating what's going to come next, but you're also curious to see what is going to come next. That means you're going to watch the video to the end because you want to see what the final reveal is going to be at the end of the, the drawing, let's say. And the information, they said, simply just goes in to the brain and people retain it for longer and they they me they memorize it for longer so this what they say you know there's like there's knowledge going in but there's also enjoyment there's some art and people are fascinated by art and illustration and they call it like edutainment so it's entertainment and education in the same boat and that's like the best part of it really for people to to engage with the content Mm, that's really interesting, isn't it? And uh, I mean, mind mapping is a methodology here. It's really interesting. It's obviously, this is a good example of a mind map as well, isn't it? In terms Correct. of uh, bringing the whole thing together, especially if you're, um, as a matter of interest, Michael, are you a very visual person? I guess you must be. Well, I think, strong I think, as well. pardon? You must be strong auditorily as well, being a big one, big uh, a fan of creating podcasts. Yeah, I like both mediums, definitely. But I think everyone is visual, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I I got into mind mapping a few years ago, and I really enjoy it. And I do all my learning with mind mapping. And I my idea creation, I use mind mapping. So when I'm mapping something out for a client, I use mind mapping. Um, when I when I attend presentations, I do mind mapping. Um, and it just helps me retain information for myself better mm. as well. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So this is this is really what you re refer to as being research on the visual side as well, is it? So do you tend to use mind mapping uh, to do with that as well, and then also conveying the message? Do you find that's is that uh, uh, what? Yeah, you I do. I I do think that you know. Um, okay, we we're seeing some slides, but they're very visual slides that I'm sharing. Um, but if we've we've all been to presentations, um, not this one, of course, where people have got six hundred slides and they're just you know words on slides, and the thing is, people are not going to remember that because we are visual people, and therefore, if I do a presentation, sometimes I just have one mind map up, and I give people all of the information in one mind map and then talk about what's on the mind map. Mm. Um, we need to find visual cues in order to help people remember stuff, 100%. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really good. I must admit, I, I'm very visual by nature myself, so I entirely relate to that. Probably not helped by the fact I can't uh, write properly. In fact, Mira will vouch for the fact I everything has to be done on a computer keyboard or an iPad. So because yeah. I get words and, words and letters the wrong way around if I... Uh, try and write things uh, as well. So it's okay. quite interesting. Now, we've um, just a bit of feedback for a few people here. Uh, Renato, welcome, and also Simon as well. Um, Renato, I'm going to push you a little bit uh, on this, actually. You've said it's billions in the human brain, but how many billions? You can't cheat and just say billions. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Simon Morris, you, you've been, you're cheating as well. How many stars are in the galaxy? Come and see if we can put a, a number on that uh, question in terms of how many neurons do you have? Okay. So a bit of fun with this. So let's uh, um, let's see how we go from there. Um, so um, anyone else who wanted to drop in with any questions or comments, do do so because uh, Michael, I'm sure, would uh, really welcome that. And so so with Miral and myself. So oh, we're not just saying ten or so. Any so any advances or ten or so on that one? Uh, we'll give everyone another uh, minute or so to think about that. Um, so and uh, let's. Uh, Go on to the next part. This leads in very nicely into Ebbinghaus's forgotten, forgot, forgetting curve. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So why, why forgetting rather than forgotten? But anyway, it's another 
matter. But could you just explain this a little bit? It's a bit of an intriguing one as well. Yeah, so, um, well, we all know that we attend presentations or talks like this, and by tomorrow, if we haven't made any notes, by tomorrow we will have forgotten a little bit of it. And then the day after, we'll have forgotten a little bit more. And then in seven days, we will have forgotten 90% of what we heard on day one. 90%? 90%, yeah. And that is the Ebbinghaus research that this guy did. And um, I found it fascinating because I had a spell in the e-learning industry, and it's 100% true. People just forget stuff. Um, you know, go to a on a training course. You've you know you've been there for a day or two, and you're doing really great work. But <laughs> in a few weeks, it's all gone. It's all mm -hmm. gone. And but we have to do something if we want to put stuff into long term memory in our brain. I'm not a brain expert. I know we're talking about the brain a lot here, but it's back to these visual cues but also asking the individual to do something with the information that they have received. They've got to take some action. So people that are watching this, even if they're watching it live or on replay, you must take some action with the information that you're hearing today. Definitely tomorrow and in a couple of days more, or maybe in a week's time, in order to retain the knowledge that you might wish mm -hmm. to retain. Yeah. Even if you've made notes, even if you've made notes, it's going to go. It's going to go. Mm. It made me really think, actually, because we've got our mini conference uh, next week. And, um, uh, you know, I, I love producing what I feel is interesting content with lots of pictures and some words in it. And, um, yeah, and I, I always think you could be careful because uh, PowerPoint is a great tool, but you could also die through PowerPoint as well, can't you? So, uh, Indeed. Uh, yeah, so this forgetting curve is a really – Interesting point. It does pose another question, though, around that, too. And um, it's, it's something as well we talk a lot about as far as uh, the sales optimization system mm. is concerned, because you can slightly tie it back to the whole sales process, is uh, a lot of people don't understand the importance of getting back to people quickly as well. So someone might put their hand up and say, oh, thanks for sharing that information. I'd love to have a conversation or I'd love to understand a bit more about what you do. And what you tend to find, especially these days, we all suffer with information overload, um, that the, 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 those leads or opportunities, literally, they cool down literally over hours, let alone days. Yes. Um, yeah, and I think the this part, whole part around Ebbinghaus, the forget, forgetting curve, is a really interesting one. And um, is there, yes. has he uh, written, presumably he's written a few books, has he? And uh, is he on Audible? That's very interesting, you know? I don't know. I don't no. know. No, no, I just know of his research and I know about this forgetting curve and I know it happens to me. So, yeah. you yeah. know, I, I know it happens to me unless I do something with the information I've watched or heard. And um, if I really want to remember it and I, then I must practice, follow, you know, uh, put it into practice or go back to it and revise it again. <laughs> yes, so that's really interesting. And uh, we've had a guess at the number of neur yes. neurons do we have. Um, Renato said 10 or so. What is the number? 10 billion, she said. Yeah, 10 billion. Ten, um, but, oh, there's another one from Simon saying over 100 billion. Oh, right. So I didn't see that one. So, yeah. What's the right answer? So Simon is the closest. It's around 86 billion You're joking. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And, it's and remember, a, a lot of them are dormant. We don't do anything with them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, one of the things, the slight deviation again here, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll leave it to the person on air today if they want to, to share anything here today. But uh, I've come across three people over a a period about well actually over about three or four months who had actually had some serious uh, accident um some years earlier where perhaps uh, think of one case where someone fell down 
the escalators, uh, which was at Green Park. And it's, it's strangely enough, the other person fell down the escalators down at, I think it was Oxford Circus, um, and both suffered quite severe brain injury. And mm. uh, someone else who I know um, as well, who was a different type of accident. But the amazing thing is the uh, person that uh, did a lot of damage to themselves and was in a coma for about two months, uh, the other one was nearly as se severe, um, the amazing thing is the brain sort of rewired itself in both cases. Um, and, uh, you know, also sometimes it rewires it in itself in all sorts of strange ways. So you get people who perhaps suddenly have skills which they didn't know they actually even had uh, mm. before. Um, so that, that subject in itself must be a really interesting one. Uh, so, um, yeah, and uh, what we'll do is we'll come back to some other comments in the um the chat and uh, I think Renato, if you're happy to share in the chat, uh, please do. Obviously, I'll leave that one to you because it ties in very much with the topic uh, today. Uh, but I won't put you any more on the spot than that. Um, we'll come back to these conversations. But I think what would be really nice is to move on to the next point, if that's right. And uh, Renato will come back to you in a minute, if, if that's okay. Um, so, how about this one? Spaced repetition. What's this all about? Yeah. So. It's it's kind of answering the question, well, how do we remember longer, for longer? And that is through space repetition. And it is actually a learning modality, space repetition. Um, often this is used in language learning, um, where people use like cards, you know, and you you get the, say, the English on the front of the card and the translation on the back. And when you see the English, you've got to try and remember what the translation is and then turn it around. And then if you get some right, you put them on one deck of cards. And if you get them wrong, you put it on another deck of cards. And then tomorrow you go and study the ones that you didn't get right. And then in a few days, you'll get through all of them and you remember it. And But it's through space repetition that they go in. So what this is saying, that if you look at the information again, you kind of engage with it again the next day. Um, like in one day, it's saying you lose 60%. So you're back up to 100% after one day when you've looked at it. Then when in three days' time, you lose another, you know, say 40% or whatever, and then you top it back up to 100%. And then in six days' time, you do the same, and now it's starting to be sent to long-term memory at that stage. So now you're going to remember it for much longer and you, and you lose very little of it. Because once you've had the information, you've done something with it, you've engaged with it, and you start to put it into your long-term memory banks uh, by the space repetition. So looking at it tomorrow, in a few days' time, in a few days' time again, over the next seven days. Wow. That's that, it. That's really interesting. And um, to, I'd love to know this uh, answer as well. Uh, how do people um, – is it Dale Carnegie? I can't remember it. Um, he talks about how – because if you get a room full of perhaps 15 or 20 people, how mm -hmm. do some of these people remember um, people's names in the room? You know, I can't remember, barely remember one or two, let alone 15 or 20. But what techniques mm. do people use in that type of situation? There are many different techniques that people can use for memory retention. I'm not an expert on memory retention. Um, for example, particularly when it comes to names, if you get introduced to someone and you say hello to them, the first thing you must do is repeat their name back to them. So if I was introduced to you and somebody said, oh, hi, Michael, this is Rupert, and I, I kind of shook your hand and went, oh, hi, nice to meet you, I should say your name. And then I should look at perhaps a distinguished feature of you that I can link that name to. So I see you've got glasses on, so I can go, ah, oh, Rupert with the glasses. I don't say that out loud, but I might say, nice to meet you, Rupert. And if I need to know your surname, I'll say, nice to meet you, Rupert Honeywood. Honeywood, is it? Or something like that. Because once I'm saying it, 
I'm I have a better chance of then remembering it next time. Right. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? There's a great sketch um, in the American version of The Office. Um, I've got completely hooked on that, actually. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I do own up to watching probably one episode every other day. Um, brilliant. But a, a, a brilliant um, episode where um, uh, basically he's trying to teach memory recall techniques to people in the room. And, of course, yeah. in very, very bad taste, he refers to people in the form of different types of animals and you can obviously tell exactly where this conversation is, is going <laughs> and the yes. only way to describe it is a car crash you know all sorts of people get upset in, in the office oh. uh, about it uh, but yeah. one thing was sure that people did remember <laughs> it, i know it, i know it, it, it's yeah. uh, staggering um and i think um you know, i can't really sort of read it very well but um i think renato's sort of shared a bit what um happened to him and um are you able to read that out emiro uh i'll give it a go um right so ooh, 11 years ago in tackle playing football broke his right fibula and knocked to the head forgotten um to oh uh, right okay he, he forgotten till headaches 12 years later showed lesioning artery and object five centimeters in diameter pressing on the left temporal lobe. So urgent surgery operation. Uh, they removed venous malformation. Thanks, Rupert. Um, <laughs> malformation of left temporal lobe and risk of losing speech and short-term memory from area of operation. The morning after, amazed doctors and surgeons to be in full conversation with the intensive care nurses. They discovered the brain new weakness in the left temporal lobe and had used what we now call plasticity of the brain, where yeah. speech dual sourced with back to of brain and short-term memory with the right temporal lobe. Hence now, in a MRI, left temporal lobe just fluid now, and all functions in other regions of the brain will function uh, with full function. Yeah, wow. amazing. Yeah, it is actually stay. And Renato um, is quite a regular on this program, and it's almost regarded Renato as a friend now. Uh, but Renato, uh, if anyone knows him, is a very, very clever man who happens to about five hundred people working for uh, that one of the largest telecoms companies in the world. I'm not saying any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so it is amazing how the brain can be very really adapted to different uh, uh, situations as well. So um, some great. Uh, uh, sharing there. So thank you, Renato. Obviously, any any of the rest of you, if you've got some thoughts or ideas or anything you'd like to share, uh, you know, please do. I uh, really like to hear from you. And um, I think we've got another really interesting uh, one here, haven't we? Which uh, the hero's journey. Uh, now, I'm not sure how well it comes out on the screen on your side here on the other end. Um, so you might need to read some of these parts out, uh, if that's okay, uh, Michael. But yeah, talk us. Yeah, that's all right. I'm not going to read all of them out because everybody is already familiar with this. So basically, we are all on the hero's journey, right? We basically live the same journey. All our stories are the same. We, are, we get born, we have parents, we have maybe siblings, we learn to walk, we learn to talk. We go to school, we learn to eat as well. <laughs> we go to school, we have education, uh, maybe further education. We want to then make a living in the world and find a job. Maybe we get married and have kids ourselves. Not always happen that way, but maybe we do. And then eventually we achieve the things we want to achieve and we have lots of challenges on the way, lots of challenges. Everybody goes through suffering. Everybody has issues. Everybody has things that they need to overcome. And then eventually we grow old. We have disease in some way. The body doesn't uphold the way it wants to uphold. And we perish at some point. So all of our stories are the same. And therefore, when Joseph Campbell who is a very famous writer of Greek mythology, um, kind of developed this 
um, concept of the hero's journey, it only became really well known when George Lucas, who came across it, did it and applied it to the first Star Wars movie. Wow. And um, when it was applied, and before that time, movies were not really following this thread that much. But now, rarely is there a movie now that doesn't follow the same kind of concept. Most stories talk about an individual who is a reluctant hero. He's called upon or she's called upon to, you know, go on a conquest, but they don't want to go. But somebody convinces them that they are the one that has got to go on this conquest. They are the chosen one. Hmm. And then they have to overcome all of these challenges and they come across a teacher. They think they are a failure at some point. They are no good for doing this. <laughs> but then they get a mentor, a teacher who teaches them some skills, gives them some magic powers. Maybe they were born with magic powers already as well. And then they start to save the planet, the world, uh, save people, uh, achieve things. And then eventually they go home. Um, they have to, they call it atonement. And, and they return home as the hero who's been on this conquest, has overcome all of these challenges and lives to tell the tale to their tribe basically. And most movies follow this thread and we are hooked. The message is we are hooked on those stories. We love these stories because we can relate to them. We go, well, that's like me. You know, I've got the same issues. I mean, okay, with a superhero movie, it may not be quite the same as my life, but I empathize. I want the superhero to win and overcome and beat the baddies. And, you know, the stories are all the same. There are just different characters. There's yeah. a different plot. There's a different storyline. There's a different time and place and, and you know, circumstances. They may be on Mars or they may be in the sea or on the bottom of the sea. It doesn't matter. It's all the same story. And that's why we enjoy them so much. Well, wow. that's interesting, actually. That's, uh, that's seriously interesting. Uh, so uh, to, to know it was also ties back to the first Star Wars movie as well. Is when, when was the, when was the first Star Wars movie produced? Was 1977. It about, what was it? Let's um, go to the 1970s. Yeah, wow. I queued, and that was the year I came to the UK. I queued around the block. Uh, for the Odeon Leicester Square, and those were the days when you didn't know if you were in a queue whether you'd get a ticket or not. Hmm. Luckily, I did get a ticket, and I was mesmerised by the movie. It was just unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like it at the time. Uh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, that's, that's really good. Um, now, we're going to come back to this in just uh, about four or five, about three or four minutes' time. I'm just going to do um, just share a few, a little bit more information, and uh, yeah. we've got some great questions um, about to follow on from this, actually. But those of you who joined us today, do ask in the chat, um, ask any relevant questions, make it curveball question. Uh, uh, Michael told me before he came on today that he loves curveball questions. So, oh yes, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> So, uh, right. Um, so just uh, we'll come back in the next three or four minutes. In terms of how we as an organization tend to like to help people as well as uh, we recognize um, as well that we're all traveling a really lonely journey uh, in this in this place, as it were, whether we're a company of one or a company of uh, a thousand. And it's just the problems tend to be a little bit different. Uh, we want to be here for you to help you in your business growth and uh if you are enjoying today, do feel free to share uh, what to this this session today on Facebook and YouTube, and also you very well to hit subscribe, and uh, so that way you can be kept in the loop. And uh, in terms of next week, we've got a really interesting guest uh, joining us. Uh, we've called David uh, Fox Pitt. Uh, he got a uh, an MBE as well a few years ago, and um, there's a saying: if you want something done, ask a busy uh, man or a woman. Okay. And he's a living, breathing example of that. Um, he's also a little bit eccentric. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that. And he's got, uh, in addition to all his uh, 
major things he's done, uh, especially around uh, the COVID scenario with um, making sure nurses and doctors uh, had sort of food supplies made available to them as they came in out of hospitals. And, you know, I think organised about three or 400 meals a day with local um, uh, venues in, in Edinburgh. Um, he also is responsible for running the Quadrathlon in Scotland, where about normally has about 400 people taking part. Some events in, I think it's the open area, and also is down in this neck of the woods in the southeast in a few weeks' time taking part in a, a big um, event which he's organised. But he's got a very unusual interest as well, and that's, called in, that's in penny farthings. Um, so wow. I don't want to say that he's thund thunder, but uh, what I will say, he was wearing a Roman hat when doing and was wearing a kilt. Uh, as well. So uh, I'll leave the rest to your imagination. <laughs> okay. But he's going to be sharing next week about having passion and burning desire to get things done. So in other words, under make a plan and just do it. Um, accepting the mission before you start the challenges. Uh, tap into subconscious mind and to talk about mind mapping there with brilliant colors as well. That ties in right. well. Yeah. And procrastination is the biggest killer. I think yes. we're all guilty of that. And simply persist and tackle the obstacles head on. So it's going to be a really fun session next week. Uh, so do join us. And uh, uh, a quick reminder of what we've talked about uh, before, which I'm not going to go into again, but we have got our mini conference next uh, Tuesday from 3 to 5 o'clock. We're going to follow a bit of a different format. It's going to be a little bit more focus group based uh, next week. And uh, we're going to have lots of fun with that. And I'll remember to take out some of those slides. <laughs> That's what's uh, been shared uh, today. Um, and in terms of being able to make sure you are included with these, uh, to register for the mini conference, you can just go to the homepage of our website and there's a button there where you can register for that. Equally, there's an on-demand webinar, which uh, you can just join us uh, anytime, ask questions in real time. And also you get an opportunity to complete diagnostic book call in with myself and Mural. And to risk for these Thursday sessions, one of the things we recommend you do is you can just choose continue in the calendar system when you've chosen the date. But if you choose the recurring option, the system will automatically send you reminders for the, the following week's event. Uh, so it saves you having to re-register each week. And uh, in terms of uh, how you can get some useful information back, you can very well complete a diagnostic, which is on the businessgrowthbureau.tv forward slash diagnostic link takes about four and a half to six and a half minutes to complete and you get a really nice personalized eight page report based on your responses there and that's really useful because if we then speak with you which uh, there's no uh, cost for that um then we're able to share a lot more value as part of that call that's for you to keep um also what i'd like to do as well is to share um the contact details in particular michael obviously shared uh, very generously his time today I'm uh, very grateful, Michael, for that as well. Pleasure. Yeah, and uh, his web address is stayingaliveuk.com. So it's not .uk.com, it's uh, stayingaliveuk.com. And I've, I've got the number correct there. It's um, 07866471596. And Michael can be contacted directly on this email address, uh, which is below. So it's michael at stayingaliveuk.com. Um, so I know, Michael, you're always very keen to work with people and uh, have a great uh, passion and interest. And obviously, if you're interested in taking part in this podcast as well, um, I, you know, I think how many episodes have you done of the podcast uh, uh, so far to, uh, to date? As a matter of interest, uh, uh, about Michael? 110. Wow, 110. Mm. That's staggering. So how long have we been doing those over? Well, I started in 2016. Um, so, you know, some months, not so many, some years, not so many. So last year, obviously, with the pandemic, there weren't that many guests. Um, so ebbs and flows. And then all of a sudden I get a, a lot of influx. And um, but, yeah, I really enjoy them and enjoy interviewing people, enjoying giving value to the small business world. Nice. Yeah, I really, really like that. It's quite something to get over the. Uh, 100 mark as well and uh, in fact we got to know each other through linkedin for a call correct then you very kindly yep. invited me onto your uh, podcast didn't you about yes i did 18 yes. months ago so that was uh, a lot of good fun uh, with that uh, now there is a bit more of a question i'd love to ask and i'm trying to be if there's any questions being asked in the chat obviously do drop those in um in fact simon morris has very kindly shared a 
URL there. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, Michael Simon's shared a very interesting URL there, so that might be useful. Yes. Yeah, yeah I've, I've grabbed it, so I will definitely look at that. That's, yeah. Thank you very much indeed, Simon. That's really yeah. good. Excellent. If you're on YouTube and Facebook, because it's being streamed over that, the URL will still be here afterwards as well. So um, that's really appreciated, Simon. Um, so I think there's a question really is how do you start implementing what we've talked about today in your business starting from tomorrow? So uh, people can take some action literally tomorrow by starting to embed some of the concepts that we talked about. So one area you could do, I have a free uh, storytelling workshop, which is an, about an hour long video. It's a replay of a virtual workshop that I did online. And if people go to my website, which is stayingaliveuk.com, they click on more in the menu item, you'll see storytelling workshop. You can sign up on that. It's absolutely free. Um, I, I zeroed the price when we went into the pandemic and I've left it like that. And I probably will just leave it like that. I also <clears throat> believe that it's important for people to look at their LinkedIn. Now, you're, you help people with their LinkedIn so they can get your support with this. Uh, and that is look at rewriting the summary in the form of a short story uh, rather than either write it in the third person, which a lot of people do, or saying, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. Actually, write a short story about why you think what you do really helps people or companies or individuals, whatever. <clears throat> So that's that's action point number two. Action point number three, what I've learned, and I specifically when I started doing podcasting, because when I invited people on the podcast, I have to ask them for a bio, which I use in the show notes. And I was amazed how few business people actually have a written biography. And again, that can be in the form of a story. You know, it doesn't have to be long. It can be a really short story. It's a challenge to try and summarize your life, uh, whether personal or business, in a short story, in a biography. But I think it's really important if you want to get onto podcasts, let's say, and share what you do, because that's a great way to get known. Um, you, if you have a biography, it makes the work for podcasters, interviewers, so much easier. Mm. So those are three things that I think could really people could really take some action in terms of embedding some of the concepts that they've heard today. Mm. That's interesting. Now, I'm going to be a bit unfair here, actually, Michael, and I do apologise for this in advance, but uh, we talked about this beforehand, so it shouldn't be a complete surprise. But what recent challenge did you overcome over the last uh, uh, work recently? Well... <laughs> <laughs> There, there, the, the main challenge I overcame recently, more recently, was probably the kind of the pandemic that we've been in. So my, my workload really took a dive and it was quite concerning at one point. But I thought, well, there's a pandemic on, it's, it's only natural. And as we went into lockdown, I actually got three or four projects. So it kept me going for about four months or so. And then things started drying up. And then as we're starting to kind of come out of it more recently, I mean, I got very involved in the taiko drumming bit that I said earlier in terms of helping my teacher. And I had to make a tough decision in terms of reducing the amount of work I was doing for him most of what, which was pro bono. He was paying me just a bit of pocket money for it. Uh, because of my love of drumming, I wanted to give back to that, to that um, industry, I suppose, the taiko drumming community. So I did a lot of research in terms of what's my next step going to be. And I joined an organization called Screen Skills and I thought maybe I go into film and TV in terms of becoming a production manager or doing something else. And through learning 
online and attending events and things, I discovered that actually I wanted to stay with animation. And I found through that journey a great program which would allow me to take my product that I offer to the next level, which is 2D animation. And wow. I'm now studying that. I've been on a boot camp for three weeks. Now I'm on a course for five weeks and uh, probably it's a six month to 12 month journey for me to get wow. my teeth into 2D animation. But I was kind of in a dark place in terms of where my business was going with all of the pandemic stuff that's been happening. But I'm now kind of reinvigorated, really, because I can see something new on the horizon, something that I'm learning, which is always really great that you're learning something new. Um, at the beginning, it was a bit of a challenge, but now I'm kind of going with the flow of it. So, mm -hmm. uh, An interesting question around this as well is, is there, I know with a dog, it seems very random, this question, but I've got to ask it. I think they say with a dog, and we're sort of dog lovers, so um, yes. they, they say a dog, you have to teach it to do something 500 times before yeah. it actually learns uh, what you yeah. said. Um, yeah. And obviously I think it depends how clever or not your dog actually is. But <laughs> in our case, it's probably a 1,000 times. But, uh, treats, but, treats. Yeah. You need to give yeah, him treats. Or, or in, case, in our case, it's a ball. If you give him a ball, he's... Uh, yeah, oh, great, uh, yeah. yeah. Toy. Well, how, long, how many times do they... Does um, do you have to do that with human beings before it starts yeah. to become a habit, or it comes yeah. a positive reinforcement? Any idea? Any ideas? Of anyone in the chat, by the way, if you know the answer I'd, to? I'd love. To, I've got my own my own non scientific view on this, and it, they say that if you repeat something every single day for about three weeks, twenty one days, then it will kind of going, you know, becomes a new habit. Hmm. The trouble is, it is no good developing a new habit if you haven't got a worthwhile why. Hmm. Why are you doing it? What is the reason? If you, you need a strong anchor to say, I'm going to do this because, you know, it could be because you, you want to provide for your family. That's really important to you. It could be because you want to become known in your industry for something. It could be because you want to give to people that are, you know, uh, vulnerable or whatever it might be. You've got to have a big why before you start with developing this new habit. So for me, say the 2D animation, my big why is I want to make sure my business is still around in a year's time, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm not ready to give it up yet, for example. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So about 21 days, do something every single day, but it won't stick. It won't become a new habit if you don't have a big enough why. Yeah. Like, I think on that note, it's a really good uh, place to leave this uh, show today. And it's interesting. It's, we got to this and actually we finished up on that point because we all have to build uh, focus ourselves on what is really our why, don't we? And if yes. our personal why and our business why uh, is properly aligned, then we're really, uh, you know, achieving can achieve great things. Uh, I'm not sure who that is. Um, on it was just seeing it as Facebook user. Um, and Mira, can you just read that for a second? Oh, it's Nikki, is it? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Dr. Maxwell Maltz, a plastic surgeon in the 1950s was the start of suggesting that it might take 21 days to start a new habit. He noticed that patients took 21 days to get used to their new look. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> 21 days. Oh, that's a brilliant story. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah, that's awesome. Lovely. I All never right. knew that, but I love the plastic surgeon reference. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's great. Well, thanks very much for joining us today as well. And if you're watching this via catch-up, which a lot of people do, we find probably four or five times more people watch this afterwards, interesting enough, um, then uh, do get in touch. Uh, you know Michael's details now, and Miron and myself are always very pleased to help. And thank you very much for joining us today, and we loved you taking part. So, uh 
take care Rob we'll see you uh, next week so thank you very much take care thank you Rupert thank you Muriel great to be here cheers if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate subscribe and share at will I'm always looking for more listeners and guests so do get in touch please you can find me pretty easily by searching for Staying Alive UK thank you Staying Alive UK Share your story.